Hello and welcome to the Codic Moments podcast. Hi, long time no see. Sorry. It's been a while, wasn't it? Yeah, anybody anybody who um, found this on their podcast feed and thought, oh, I'd forgotten I'd subscribe to that, then bear with us for 10 minutes. We're just going to sound you out, see how, uh, see how we've been. Oh, we recorded quite a few things. Um, I just, I'll be honest, I've been really busy and then really broken and then really on holiday and then really ill. But, you know, things are looking up. Yeah, you've grabbed a couple of days where you're coherent and uh, not having to solve the world's pharmaceutical problems. You make me sound like some kind of really dull superhero. <laughs> like supply chain logistics man. Hang on, that's me, isn't it? That is actually you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're slightly more exciting than that. We're not going to what I've been doing for the last few weeks because really it is dull. It's nice to be back. This happens every year. We get to EGX and we have a resurgence of like, yeah, we've got to do this. And we come up with practical ways of putting stuff together and it's all great. And then like by March, when we're starting to think about, you know, what's going to happen at E3, the cracks are beginning to show. And by the time we, we come around to putting together the, the post-E3 episode, that never appears. No, no. And I've given no. a bonus this year for, for you unlucky people out there. I've actually done two E3 episodes this year for two entirely separate podcasts, which are never going to see the light of day. What have you been up to then? What's, what's been going on? What have you been playing? Well, through July, actually, I, I felt, you know what, I felt through July like I haven't played a great deal because uh, I went away for the week, took my Vita with me when I went away for that week, never even switched it on. So I was quite surprised. I didn't, didn't really play anything. So that took a week out of the month. And then because it's been so so nice, but it's been hot, that I've kind of hit points on an evening where I would usually boot a console up. I've just not wanted to. It's just been too uncomfortable or I just couldn't be bothered. I just wanted to watch something instead. So I thought, well, I've not actually played much at all in July. And then I've gone back over what I've reviewed. And it turns out, yeah, I've been quite busy. I played Kona, which is a detective game set in Alaska in the 1950s or maybe 1960s. It's like an old school noir supernatural detective thriller. I think it's been around for about a year or so, um, but they've uh, put a VR patch on it. That's the VR version that you played? Yes, I went, I went with the VR version and it's it's all right. Nice and sweaty. Yeah, I, I did try and pick a, a coolish afternoon to play that one. But Kona, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's it's disappointing from a VR aspect because you can't really interact with anything like you do in the other games. You're holding two move controllers, but they don't do anything as such apart from teleport you or you do pick up objects, but it's not object manipulation. And it kind of it kind of disappoints because of that. But the story's interesting enough. And uh, you know what? Probably go for it without the VR version. Then we did Red Faction Guerrilla remastered i was I'm, I'm sure i was away when you were playing that because i sat and watched you stream a load of that on my phone i think i streamed the first hour and yeah it looks a little bit ropey um that I mean, don't get me wrong the graphics overhaul is nice in terms of a, a bit of texture bump and everything else but it does remind you that it was quite a sparse game in the first place in terms of environments and you know everything is either brown or red but I still love the destruction mechanics and the way you take buildings down and surgically dismantle them. It is still a lot of fun. It did make me long for a sequel. Something on current gen, taking on board some of the mechanics from more recent open world games. Was it Battlefield Bad Company 2? 
that had the really great building demolition and destruction as, as yes. well in it. Yeah, so you never you never bother going round a building, you just grenaded the side and ran through it. Just something about the games in that era when um that was kind of the defining thing, wasn't it? How how do you deal with your buildings and terrain and surroundings and stuff? And that's that's gone. I missed that. It's it's still kind of there. And I can't work out if it's just something we've got used to, so we don't really think about it. But but the destruction tends to be more about cover. If you're hiding behind something that gets destroyed rather than alternate routes. And strategy. Yeah. Red Faction was always the game for it. It was a selling point. And as linear and as disappointing as Armageddon was, it still did kind of have those elements to it. But yeah, I think Red Faction Guerrilla was was the highlight in gameplay of the series and a big surprise as a third-person action-adventure um, when you come from the first two, which were first-person shooters. Then one I absolutely could not resist. I picked up as soon as it came out. Danger Zone 2. Oh, again, that looks so good. It's that looked great. Not a lot of junctions, pretty much like Danger Zone was, but the fact they've taken it out of that virtual environment and put it in real world, I mean, I have, I have caused mayhem on the M62. Is it actually the M62? It is actually the M62. Because you definitely go past the M606 turn off because the signposts are there. <laughs> I thought I recognised that part. Yeah, that. Yeah, for anyone who's not based in West Yorkshire, this isn't going to. No, this isn't no. going to bring a lot. But if you're based anywhere near Birmingham, um, I think there's the M6 as well. Don't get us wrong; it's not a real world recreation. It is not photorealistic. Um, but it's when you're seeing the signposts as you're blasting along at 100 mile an hour, ready to just pile into traffic. And of course, you know it's the M62 because there's just loads of roadworks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's a short game. You'll crack through it in 90 minutes tops. But it is a definite um, marker put in place ready for dangerous driving when it comes out at the end of this year. So is that is that basically going to be the the proper spiritual successor to Burnout? I think so. They're not really saying anything about it, but I'm, I've got an inkling that's what it is. It feels a little bit model-wise... Like Ground Zeroes, it's put a couple of teasers out, earn some money, fund your development for the next project. Okay, uh, and I think it's worth investing. In. I think is it um, is it about fourteen or fifteen pound? It might it might even be less than that. I think it was discounted on release as well. I should be picking that up in the sale in January because it looks like great. Fun. It is. Then I played something completely what I thought was completely weird. I knew nothing about it. Um, Mugsters from Team Seventeen. Okay, and it's a physics puzzle game where you're rescuing humans that are being captured by invading aliens off little tiny islands. It, it does sound very Team 17. Yeah, it's isometric view, though you can swing the view around, but it's that kind of style. Um, but it's very heavily based on the physics and solving puzzles with the environment. And not particularly complex to begin with, but gets hard very quickly. It's one of those nice little games where It'll inadvertently teach you how to do something, and then you'll go, oh, yeah, that's what I should have done three levels ago. But it's got a quite a bit of freedom in how you solve the puzzles. It's really hard to describe because you, you run around or you drive vehicles or you fly about, and it's avoiding traps or setting traps, and it's, it's really unique. I can honestly say I've played nothing like it. Okay, good. You played anything else? Yes, then I got into VR. I did brave the weather and <laughs> say, all right, I'll, I'll just have to sweat it out. I played The Walker. 
it's another procedural shooting gallery. You're fixed in place and, um, you know, Chinese monsters come at you and you shoot them. Chinese monsters. Chinese monsters. Well, the zombie, it's in, uh, I'm sure it's set in Shanghai and you are an exorcist. It's uh, very, very, very loosely based on some uh, some Chinese myths, I think. And yeah, so you get zombies and warriors and things coming at you. It's quite, it's quite straightforward in that respect, but it does a couple of nice things with it. So you have a pistol and you have a sword. Okay. So you can rapidly switch between the two to deal with um, close-at-hand enemies. Like red steel on the Wii. It could be, yeah. It could be a little bit like that, actually. Um, and yeah, the little little magic power-up system, which is pick a power-up and it, it puts a bit of paper in your hand that you then have to rub against the weapons to imbue them with the ability. But they're infinite. It's just finding the time to load it. It's... Yeah, it it did a couple of different things with the gameplay like that. The enemies are reasonably generic. You kind of get used to dealing with them. But then it told a story as well, which was quite strange to actually have in that type of game. There's like a subway level, which really is pushing the story along more more so than any of the other levels. And it worked really well. More like, more like a Japanese or Chinese horror game than a first-person shooter at that point. But it worked really well. I was okay. really impressed by those sections. Yeah, I'd give the Walker a go. It's um, it's an attempt to do something a bit different. It's been published by Winking Entertainment, who I hadn't actually really heard of until the Walker and another game, Eighteen Floors, landed with me. Okay, and Eighteen Floors, I really loved the idea of. It's um, escape the room, and so as you're shut in a room and you have to explore the environment, solve the puzzles to get out. Brilliantly done. It really is nicely executed, well thought out, and decently challenging. The sad, sad <laughs> part of it is there are only two levels. And for a full, I say full price, it's a full price VR game, to only get two levels and it not have the other 16 that you're expecting um, is quite quite disheartening, especially when you've got into it and you've solved the puzzles because some of them take some doing. I did contact the guys at Winky Entertainment and there are more levels coming for free later this year, but there isn't really a schedule yet. They've just said before the end of the year. Where's the outrage? I mean, look at the flak poor Sean Murray copped. I know. It does say in the description on the game page, it lets you know there are only two levels now and that more are coming, but it doesn't actually, it doesn't say it's an episodic game that you're going to have to pay for more content. It just says these are the two that are included. Sounds like they must have hit a publishing deadline. It's feeling like it, but it does. It doesn't suffer quality-wise because of it. It genuinely is a proper head scratcher. The first room that I did, I actually got through relatively quickly. But the second one, you're looking. My second one was in a train carriage. I was just totally baffled. Use the laser in the watch. Yeah, yeah, that'd been good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it, I said, I was about to say, it isn't rushed because it has got the quality. Yeah, except the trophies don't work. I nailed every single one of those trophies and nothing dinged at all. Is it just single player or... I imagine a lot room puzzle game like that would make an awesome multiplayer experience. It's just single player for what you've got, but that doesn't stop you from having people in the room with you saying how stupid you are because you missed it all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to play Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes again. Interestingly, that is now available on console without VR. Yeah, so it's out on the Switch. Yes, yeah, they've released it on a number of other platforms. Obviously, it came from mobile originally, 
we had a lot of fun of it on the PS4, but um, yeah, they've uh, they've rejigged it, and I I haven't played it to see what they've done. I did see the announcement and thought, ah, that's that's good. I wonder how it would work. Because as long as you're as long as you're playing it properly, it doesn't really matter whether you're in VR or not. But yeah, okay, there you go. So that's is that everything? That was well during July, although you know I didn't didn't really finish it enough to review it until August. But I, I was playing the Crew too. I you know, I read your review on that, and if you if you're undecided or you're not you just don't know about it, then go and read Matt's review at codecmoments.com. Because I thought it was quite, I thought it was quite even-handed. It was, you know what, it's a really tough one to review. And I've talked, I've talked a little bit with um, Mark Hamer over at Laps Gamer about it. I think it can be quite a divisive game. They've done some really good things with it, but it's just obnoxious to get into. It really, <laughs> it, it's not a pleasant experience. There's a lot of loading to get in there. When you do it, I did just think they decided the millennial elements of Watch Dogs 2 were perfect and they just transferred it to the crew. It's what it feels like. And then it shows you this massive world map and fills it with stuff to do and gives you no direction. And it's like, can I be bothered with this? But whilst you're thinking, can I be bothered with this? You've sunk six or seven hours just cruising around and messing about. And I, I was seven hours in before I did my first event. It's the new plague of the Ubisoft open world. There's just too much going yeah. on and perhaps not enough focus, but it's not bland enough to make you switch it off. Yeah. I spent <laughs> half an hour looking for a fox. I think it was a fox to photograph or a wolf. In a car. I mean, that seems unfair. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't run them down. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so it wasted a load of time. And then I hate games that don't support rest mode. I, I don't mind if it drops an internet connection and doesn't continue the multiplayer, but something that kicks you back to the main menu every single time and then makes you go through a really long logging in and loading process. Ubisoft's other big perpetual open world games like Wildlands and Steep all supported rest mode. So why mm. doesn't this? There's obviously a technical reason, but it's a, it's a bit disappointing. And then I didn't want to drive from race to race, so that was putting me off, but then discovered the the unguided there's no tutorial for it but you just jump to a simple menu and then start picking the races that you want and it yeah it's really it's really mixed the powerboat stuff's great fun the aerobatics i really loved uh monster truck stunts are just ridiculous but nice (laughs) street racing what a bag of that is the the thing that you're supposed to be there to do the cars are awful they're beautifully rendered, but handling is, it's not even arcade racing, it's rubbish. But then it chucks you upgrades and things start to improve and you get a little bit faster and it grips a bit more and it pulls you back. That's why it's really tough, really tough to love it, but really tough to hate it as well. That sounds intriguing. It is, it's, it is genuinely, it's not bad. It's just not good. And I can't, I can't. I can't work out which way I lean on it sometimes. I'd have some play sessions where I loved it, and I had some play sessions where I'd go, I've had enough of this. It's terrible. What would you have happily paid for it? Ooh, probably about 30 quid. Okay. If I'd have spent 30, I wouldn't be too disappointed. The fact it's priced at 50 55 that's a, a stretch. But very tellingly, within, was it three weeks after release, it was already in the PlayStation sale. So I think that says people weren't buying it. Yeah, trying to fill up those servers. Yeah, 
God, missed the thing that's the most ridiculous. It's fully populated. You've always got people driving around you. You can't do anything with them. There's no multiplayer. What, really? Why is it? Uh, sorry, why? I thought you said <laughs> it was. You can't. I thought you said it was a perpetual online world. Like, you uh, you can crew up with people on your friends list. You cannot do any multiplayer events. What really? Yeah, I don't know if it's something that's coming later or it's just just bizarre. So you need yeah, to okay. you need to have people on your friends list to do anything in game with them. You cannot crew up with randoms. That'll be the year two content. A lobby. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift on to the next one because I've winced too long about that. I moved on to another multiplayer sequel, though. Um, Overcooked 2. I've played a bit of Overcooked, but I haven't played enough of it. And the reason was that my wife basically had a tantrum because she could not get her head around it. She's not a natural gamer. Oh, we actually did about half the game in one sitting. And yeah, my other half really liked it, but she had a tantrum as well. <laughs> Several. <laughs> you didn't do that! It's it. Oh God! It's a test. It's a test of relationships. Is that game because it is chaos? It's not often when you go to your computer to have the argument about who's not done the washing up properly. Yeah, yeah, that was the yeah. exact argument that went on several times. I can't serve anything because you've not given me clean plates. You're not throwing yeah. me the burger meat. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. It works pretty much seamlessly online as well. But if you haven't got people in your living room, uh, you just just people from the internet and um yeah it's it is fun did the first one have online or was it just local co-op no i don't think it did i think the first one was um couch cop only and in fairness it's probably the best way of playing it because you really need people in the in the room to abuse for how bad they are otherwise you get yourself banned from the psn if you just do that with the online people how does it differ then other than the settings and what 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 does it bring to the table it's just a wider variety of environments Slightly different challenges, a bit more food. Your standard iterative changes, it's not an overhaul. Just a second helping. Yeah. They should have called it that. That's, I mean, for a 10-minute piece on what you've been playing. Yeah, I said I've played quite a lot. Is there anything else? Yeah, there is. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny because I knew that. <laughs> yeah, I've been, playing, uh, I've been playing a lot of Tekken 7. It's not what I thought you were going to say. And I've played No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah, no, actually, I've played quite a bit of that no man's sky the next update and it would i just blew me away i don't think i played the part is it the pathfinder update and the other bits yes yeah they, they did two major updates didn't they um yeah i see i don't think i'd played any of those so this was a real shock this overhaul but i think it probably was to most people as well yeah i mean i dipped back in after each major change but even yeah you're right there's, there's still so much new and the, the look and feel we've had plenty of no man's sky discussions I've always said that I have enjoyed that game. It, it it worked for me, but it's so much better now. It feels less grindy now. I know there's actually probably more grind technically, but the fact you can get like your ore processor or whatever the hell it's called. Oh yes, that got that thing's useful, isn't it? I love that. It's ridiculous. I must have spent like forty minutes just sat on the surface of a really nice kind of watery planet that I found on this tiny island in the middle of a vast ocean. And I sat there looking out over the view while I just processed carbon into condensed carbon <laughs> just because it would take up less space in my inventory. <laughs> you see, that answers it. It is more grindy, but it's more enjoyable with it. I've also also been playing, oh God, here we go, another one. This is The Police 2. Oh, no. Which is PC. On a PC. That's right. I've been gaming on my laptop. 
Know, did your IT department know about this, or have you have my, you cranked up your your my, personal my one? own laptop? No, it's, it's, it's this is the police. It's it's easy going. Oh, I forgot your daughter destroyed your yeah, iPhone she, with coffee, didn't she? Yes, in January she killed ah. it. So I've, I've had a new one for a while. Um, it's not resource heavy in the game, and I enjoyed the first one on on console. It was great fun. So I've um yeah I've actually been playing it, and it's gone a little bit XCOM. Oh, really? uh, a bit sort of tactical shooterish for certain missions. It's not all the time. And I swear it cheats because I tend to lose <laughs> all my guys when I go on those missions. You know, the bad guys can see them through walls, shoot them through walls, are accurate as anything. Just like x Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> so it is, it is brutal. It is hard. It is unforgiving. And it just doesn't like you. But you still keep going back because the story is so well done it's just this proper convoluted scorsese style backstabbing twisted mess of a tale <laughs> i was about to say i never really got on with this is the police on the switch and i don't really know why i haven't gone back to it and now i remember exactly why i didn't get on with it on the switch and i haven't gone back to it it's because i had norovirus when i played that on the switch ah I think I just strongly associate it with needing to go and throw up and other stuff. <laughs> Maybe I'll just give it a go, but I think I played like an hour of it and I, it didn't really gel. It, it takes a bit of getting into, definitely. And the second one isn't much different. And um, There's a lot of cutscenes. I think the first the first two or three hours I actually played, the, half of it was cutscenes. Um, and like I say, it is... It, I know parts of it are, are randomly generated, but... It is so tough, and just just as you think you've got a shift sorted out, and you go, I, I am sorted, I am prepared. Half of them phoning sick, one dies in a car crash, uh, and um, they introduced new elements in this one where certain officers refuse to work with others, but it doesn't oh, really? tell you like that politics. until you're in the shift. <laughs> and I, went, I had to go through one entire shift where I think I had five people at my disposal, um, you need a point tally of the scores of the people to send them off on missions. My highest rated was uh, this officer who refused to work with any inexperienced officer, refused to work with male officers, and refused to go on her own anywhere. It's oh, a twisted, twisted game. Okay, so like three games ago, I thought you were about to say, yeah. oh, and I've been playing. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, and I've been playing F1 2018. You you look very happy with yourself. Oh, you you have no idea how happy. It's your most favourite time of the year, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, F one release time. The games steadily get better each year, and they they have now got into that cycle where it is not about big overhauls. It's just again, it's iterative change. What can we tweak and do better than we've done in the last ones? What do we need to make it differently? And that's what this one is: new tracks, new, the updated cars, that kind of thing. But it's all about how. Do you really pull yourself more into the career this time around? And it's focused on that. And they've just, the simple thing, they've just brought in this team reputation element, which is boosted by, obviously, your performance or degrades if you perform badly. Um, But then they've thrown in like a media section. So after qualifying and after the race, you'll get chucked some questions by a reporter, how you respond to them. Uh, positively and negatively influences not just your standing in the team but standing with other teams and also with individual R&D areas as well. Oh, really? So it gets quite in-depth because um, if you've done well in a race and they're asking, well, what contributed most to it, depending which 
suggestion it is you might be picking your aero chassis or engine you can influence support from your r&d areas it's it is quite detailed well, you can annoy the aero engineers who thought they'd given you a really brilliant setup, oh, yeah. and then you. Oh, you could you could annoy all of them and just say it was all down to your skill. There's a balance between showmanship and sportsmanship. It reminds me of the motorsport manager. You know what? It is a little bit like that, but with actual consequence out of um, out of it. It does. It works really nicely, but then they've also chucked in rule changes. So there are interseason rule changes, as there would be in the real sports. You have to keep your eye on what changes are coming and when, and decide if you do need to focus on swapping teams because the team you're in might not be suited for the rule changes that are coming through. They've put this kind of macro career management aspect into it that just detracts enough from the racing to break up that cycle of practice, 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 qualifying race. It's quite absorbing. The first night I put it on, I said, I'll play an hour. Yeah, it was nearly three, and I, I had to force it off and go to bed. <laughs> Half an hour of that was probably just playing with settings, but, but it was, yeah. For fans of the sport, fans of driving games, it just delivers. So there you go. All right, well, thank you very much. Um, did we did we have any questions or anything? Uh, well, to be honest, we probably had lots of questions over the last <laughs> just couple just of months, but most of them all kind of follow the same theme, like, are you still alive? Um, yes, yes, we are. Kept you waiting. <laughs> <laughs> but we have actually had, because I did say we were recording tonight, and um, we have had two questions, which I'm quite surprised at. Ooh. So, uh, well, no, we've had three. We had a question yesterday. Saying that, it's not really a question, uh, but it is a question. It's it's pretty much, where's our Alexa content gone? Uh, okay, yeah, it's on hiatus, and we had a discussion earlier about how we're going to reinstate it. Yes, so uh, Fraser, cheers for asking that, um, reminding us that we're, we're letting people down, but also reminding us people have actually listened, which we didn't know. It genuinely is the first piece of feedback we've had on that, <laughs> despite having quite a period of daily updates. So yeah, we will be bringing back the Alexa content. Um, we hope over the next couple of months we will have something more regular going up. You see, what we need to do is learn to keep to time. Yes. This, this here was going to be like a 10 minute let's have a quick talk about what you've been up to in july yeah, yeah. turned out to be busy it's 47 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah you're saying that you'll edit it down to about five minutes it'll sound like we've been boring anyone actually listening to this will be like it's really not 47 yeah. minutes <laughs> it's been about 20 but yeah, yeah. okay but we'd, yeah we've, we've just ticked over the 48 minute marker on the record right so that was from fraser and we apologize we will have something back soon uh from at Solemn 67, our guest host earlier this oh, year. Um, he's got a yeah. question for us. Why do we love games? And also, for you specifically on this one, because I'm not doing it, what will be your first game purchase after you finish the Year of Shame 6 challenge? I'd like to say it's a really easy question, because on paper it is. At midnight on the 1st of January 2019, I will purchase Hitman 2. <laughs> You know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. The only complication comes from, will I have totally caved <laughs> just given in in November <laughs> when it's released? Or will I will I somehow see if I can get it gifted for Christmas? I don't know. If, if I survive the year of shame because of Hitman 2, then it will be Hitman 2. Right. At the stroke of midnight on the 1st of January. I'm not kidding. 
that is a good answer. I will make you cave in November. <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's not going to be a particularly. Um, it's not going to be a tough job, isn't it, that? Really? It's not. It's not going to be a challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, oh no, you are twisting my arm. <laughs> I'll give you credit. You've actually done really well so far because I've invited you several times to share play the sniper challenge, and you've avoided doing that. I, I didn't even realise you'd invited me. If I'm honest. Yeah. But then you're speaking to the guy who spent like three months with his status as a peer offline on the PSN because I'd forgotten and done yes. it. Yeah. Wondering why I was never getting invites to games until one day you were like, you're, you're really not yeah, there. you're not online. I am, I am. <laughs> so that's what you can do with the year of shame. Um, but why Why do you love games? Why do I love games? Uh, it's. I think it's the escapism. You can be people you're never going to really be and do things you're just never going to actually get to do. Yeah. It's that interactive narrative as well. They're the games that really grip me, the ones that tell a really good story. I think it all really started for me with Metal Gear Solid. That's the first game that really properly gripped yeah. me. Um, yeah, very similar. Um, that and the challenge. I'm not, not as bothered by the challenge, <laughs> as you probably know yeah. by now. <laughs> no, with, with certain things, it's it's the challenge that comes with it and improving and getting better. But it's, it's become more about the experiences. And and also, uh, it's it's an odd question, not an odd question to ask, but it's an odd question to answer because games have always been there. So it's something I've always grown up with. So it's it's kind of integral, really. So kind of a tough one to answer. That's a good question, though. It is. Do you want the second question? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's another one. Oh, Which yeah. is from Saintly Stuart. Will yeah. we be recording live through Discord again? I actually think he really meant that at the session we are recording now. But let's take it as a general answer. Yes, yes, we will be. I've said to Matt before we recorded, I've got a lovely new audio recorder and it's it's not new, it's just new to me. It was an eBay special. It was an eBay weakness <laughs> because I'm not spending money on games. So why not buy an audio recorder? I, Matt said to me when we recorded an update for Codic Momentum last time, which I'm still editing, I promise. I've recorded it, just the edit, that's the problem. Um, and he said, can we do the Discord? And I was in a hotel room in High Wycombe. I was like, we can't we can't do it now. And I was sat there thinking, how can I make this work? So I was like, well, if I use an audio interface and then I take the output from the audio recorder and feed it into the audio interface and then take the output from the interface and feed that into the recorder, then I can get all the channels, I can record everything, you know, do a mix minus and send that to discord i spent about 45 minutes getting this all down on paper <laughs> trying to work out exactly how i could get my new recorder into the system that we use for discord so that we could do a mix and a, a stereo mix as well at the same time uh, because i'm a geek i spent probably 30 minutes plugging it all in checking it up and then another hour or so testing it making sure it worked and it did it was a delight the day after i did this they put out a firmware update which meant it could do it all in software. And all I needed to do was plug a USB cable into my MacBook. <laughs> That's great. So now my very, very complicated system is now completely defunct and I can do it with one USB cable. And I'm really impressed with Zoom for having supported what is, is probably four or five-year-old piece yeah. of equipment now with, with a very recent firmware update and a very significant firmware update. But there was part of me going, oh, for <laughs> sake. Still. TLDR, yes, yeah. we can and we will. Um, he's, he did a, a bit of a follow-up point on that one as well. Um, 
Are we not doing it on Discord so that we can give you a fighting chance of hitting a uh, an editing target of before the world ends? Yeah, I think yeah, that's fair I mean, as well. <laughs> it's a narrow window, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, that few yeah. billion years is. Um, <laughs> we tell we're in, we're going to be in a, a hot house climate, aren't we? Digressing slightly, let's yeah. let's go off on uh, meteorology. Um, but they're forecasting next next four years, um, summers like this. What's the next four years and then the world yeah, will end? Yeah, it'll burn up. It'll be too hot. <laughs> Great. We will give up. This is like the most British thing we could do. We could end the podcast talking about the weather. How bad the forecasting is. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks very much for listening. We will we'll be back soon. And um, yeah, apologies for our, uh, our slight absence. Hopefully we've made up for it in the last... Um, I would say hour, but it'll probably be edited down to about 30 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Um, however long this has yeah. been... We'll be speaking to you again soon. If you want to read more of the reviews of the games Matt's been playing, then go to codecmoments.com. You can contact us by tweeting at Codec Moments or by logging on to Facebook and finding our group, which is uh, forward slash Codec Moments. And, um, and we can also accept things via email. That's a podcast at codecmoments.com. Oh, I've forgotten about that, yeah. Oh, Morse code. Send us more Morse code. Oh, yeah. That was always yeah, fun. Yeah, we did enjoy getting Morse code yeah. every, every podcast. Yeah. We yeah. like that. Send us a message. Or a postcard. <laughs> right, I'm done. Bye. Bye.